Greetings and welcome to St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church here in Fredericton, New Brunswick on this Sunday where we celebrate the Ascension of the Lord. I am sorry to have to inform you that two of our members, Jack Malloy and Sheldon Foster, went home to be with God. We would ask that you would hold their wives and their families tight in prayer this week as they travel this season of grief. Leading worship today will be Sheila Black and Eleanor Scott. Our storytellers today are Magenta Watson and Annika Frazier. David Berry is our pianist, organist, choir director, and music director, and I am the Reverend Susan Frazier. Let us worship God. Clap your hands, all you people. We will shout to God with loud songs of joy. For God most high is awesome, reigning over all the earth. We will sing praises to God this day and every day. Let us worship God with all we have to offer. We will offer God our love, hearts, body, mind, and soul. Let us worship God. join me in the prayer of approach. We do not notice, holy God, but you give us time so we can think about your word, silence so it may fill our emptiness, wisdom so we may know the path to walk. We do not notice, risen Christ, how you have not given just a portion of your grace, but all of who you are to redeem us and to reconcile all of humanity to be with you. We do not notice, nourishing spirit, how, you're, how you remove our fears simply by sitting with us and holding our hearts, or how you swirl around us, pulling us deeper and deeper into love, grace, and peace, until we find ourselves rooted forever in the one who watches over us forever. Be with us this day and every day. Amen. After his resurrection, Jesus appeared at different times to his disciples. There could be no doubt that he was alive. One day, Jesus and his disciples were walking to the Mount of Olives. This was the place where Jesus had often come to rest and pray. And this was the special place he had chosen to say goodbye to his disciples. 
Jesus was going back to heaven. His work on earth was finished. Soon he would send the disciples the Holy Spirit to help them with their work. Someday Jesus would come again to take those who love and obey him to heaven. The disciples followed Jesus outside the city of Jerusalem toward the Mount of Olives. As they walked along, Jesus talked with the disciples. He told them again the work they had to do. They were to go everywhere, telling the people the things they had seen and heard while Jesus had been with them. Everyone must know that God in heaven loved them and had sent his son to die for their sins. Jesus began climbing the mountain. His disciples followed, listening carefully to him. Finally, they reached the top of the mountain, walked a little way before stopping. Then Jesus said, When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive great power. Go to Jerusalem, and in all Judea and in Samaria, and to all the world, and tell everyone the good news of salvation. I will be with you always, even to the end of the world. While the disciples were listening, and Jesus' hands were stretched out blessing them, he began to rise higher and higher. They stood, gazing up into heaven, to get one last glimpse of him. your call to serve in the name of Jesus Christ, the living word. Amen. 
scripture is taken from the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verses 15-23. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and your love toward all the saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you, as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe, according to the working of his great power? God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him, who fills all in all. This is the word of God. Psalm 47, and again a refrain and chant. God has gone up with a shout of rejoicing. He has ascended in glory. Oh, clap your hands, clap your hands, all you people. He has ascended in glory. Clap your hands, all you peoples. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. For the Lord the Most High is awesome, a great king over all the earth. He subdued peoples under us and nations beneath our feet. He chose our heritage for us, the pride of Jacob whom he loves. God has gone up with a shout of rejoicing. He has ascended in glory. Oh, clap your hands, clap your hands, all you people. He has ascended in glory. God has gone up with a shout the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praises to our King, sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth, sing praises with a song. God is King over all the nations. God sits on his holy throne. The princes of the peoples gather as the people of the God of Abraham. For the shields of the earth belong to God. He is highly exalted. God has gone up with a shout of rejoicing. He has ascended in glory. Oh, clap your hands, clap your hands, all you people. He has ascended in glory. Please join me in prayer. O oh Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our scripture today comes from Acts, the first chapter, verses 3 through 13. 
Listen now for the word of God. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, it is not for you to know the times or the periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going and they were gazing toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking toward the heaven? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a, a Sabbath day journey away. When they had entered the city, they went to the room upstairs where they were staying. This is a word of God for the people of God. Today we celebrate the Day of Ascension of the Lord. Traditionally celebrated 40 days after Easter, the Day of Ascension always falls on a Thursday. So last Thursday was, in fact, Holy Thursday. It is an ecumenical religious holiday, although I can never remember ever hearing of a service held on Holy Thursday, let alone attending one. But I have many clergy friends from a wide variety of Christian denominations, including Presbyterians, who assure me that Holy Thursday is a real religious holiday. In the age of pandemic and social distancing, one of my friends from seminary explained that the Day of Ascension is the day Jesus started working from home. The text this morning is a story that we all know well. Ten days before the Holy Spirit creates the church with tongues of fire dancing above the heads of the followers of Jesus Christ sequestered in that upper room, Jesus takes a group of followers to a hill outside of Jerusalem. Confused, perhaps hopeful, someone in that group asked Jesus if what they had envisioned for his ministry all along was about to happen. Lord, is this a time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? You can almost feel Jesus's face plant. Really, he thinks? These disciples are on the cusp of being sent out into the world to bring the good news. Throughout Jesus's ministry, they have been on the front lines. They have watched Jesus teach radical lessons of love 
complete with amazing parable illustrations. They have watched people broken in body and possessed by demons restored to the fullness of life. They have watched culinary marvels as two fish and five loaves expand to become a feast for 5,000. They have watched, they have watched Jesus take an evening stroll on the Sea of Galilee. They have watched the world turn upside down. And now, as they stand there on that hill outside the city of Jerusalem, the only thing they can imagine is a vision of the kingdom that looked like what they already knew, a kingdom of Israel from long ago, a kingdom that no longer existed, if it ever really did exist. They can only imagine one image of the Messiah, complete with trumpets from heaven and driving a fiery chariot. Lord, is this a time when you will restore the kingdom of Israel? Jesus, yet one more time, stands there and explains the mission of the church that they are about to become. It is not for you to know the times or the periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. As we know, what is coming was so much more than these Galileans could ever imagine on that day. Jesus tells them that it will start very close, right there in Jerusalem, and it will spread through all of Judea and into the neighboring Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. And then it happens. Jesus just starts levitating. He floats up into the air, his robes gently flapping around his legs as the breeze catches him as he is suspended above them like a helium balloon until all they can see are the soles of his feet as he disappears from sight into a cloud. This first image of the church, this community of believers, is not particularly encouraging at that moment. We see this group of people staring off into space. And they're not just looking or gazing, but the Greek word actually carries the idea of gawking. We have this image of these people standing there, slack-jawed and stunned. Quite honestly, I think any one of us would respond in a similar fashion if we were to witness a friend gently take his leave skyward, minus the airplane. I know I would. Then, two men entered the picture. From the description, we have two men traveling together, known to appear out of nowhere, dressed all in white, and asking questions. They are probably the same two men who show up at the tomb on Easter morning in the Gospel of Luke. Our white-robed men ask, why are you looking at the sky? The clear implication is that somehow, having your friend, companion, teacher, suddenly just float up into a cloud is the most normal thing 
in the world. And staring at the heavens is not where you will find him. Just like the women at the tomb, when the two men dressed in dazzling white ask, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, he is risen. Again, as if it were the most normal thing in the world to have a person who was tortured, maimed, and murdered just spring up fresh as a daisy after lying in the earth for three days. There is much confusion, much staring, much disbelief. We see men and women working to get their minds around what has happened. We see women and men uncertain of what to do next. Jesus told them to stick together and to wait. Our scripture this morning opens with Jesus ordering them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. Ah, staying home, isolated, and waiting. That waiting thing again. Does any of this seem familiar? In these verses, we witness the creation of the church. Jesus took a group of Galileans, those from the backwater of the ancient world, and trained them up, and then brought them to the center of Jewish culture, Jerusalem. And he instructed them how to be his witnesses to all the world. That is what it means to be the church, to be in relationship with God Almighty, and to be in relationship in a community of other believers. The work of the church is to be Jesus' witnesses and to carry forth the good news of the Gospels to those in our own city, to our neighbors, and to the ends of the earth. But in this age of the pandemic, we stand here gawking, uncertain what to do next, envisioning how we might return to our glory days of our former church lives. Something new isn't about to happen. Something new is happening. It's no surprise that we continue to feel disoriented, disconnected, perhaps discombobulated. Truly, why should we be any different than the disciples standing on the hill outside Jerusalem, gawking as they watch Jesus disappear into a cloud? We are equally as gobsmacked as we watched the church over the past year explode out of a cyber cloud. Uncertain and awkward, we are learning to be the church, not just to those in our own town, but we are discovering ways to bring the good news to the ends of the earth. In this time of waiting, we are also learning and preparing. And while cyberspace may augment our abilities. It will never replace human community of sitting at table, of sharing a meal, of laying on of hands, or of being held, or of just being. But having experienced this brave new world, no longer can we exclude others because it is just too difficult to reach them. Those who sit on the margins, unable to walk into our sanctuary because of physical infirmities, or perhaps simply out of fear. Jesus gently rebukes us with our limited vision of what the church is and what it can be. Just like the Galileans, 
on that Jerusalem hillside wondering if they would now return to the glory days of the kingdom of Israel. Something is happening, something so much more. It is our responsibility to discern where God is calling us individually and collectively. What does the Almighty have planned for St. Andrews? And maybe a better question is, are we willing to follow as we slowly, cautiously, carefully emerge from the grips of the pandemic? Why do we stand here, gawking at the heavens? Amen. of the people. Great God, as you welcome Sheldon Foster and Jack Malloy into your holy kingdom, 
We ask your peace, your comfort, your compassion to rest upon the wives and the families of these men as these families travel this season of grief. Sustain them in all the dark days as they adjust and reorder their lives to this new reality. O oh God, creator, redeemer, and sustainer of all life, you have begun the work of creating a new world, a world where justice is known, where freedom and healing are available to all people. We pray for the places in the world that are caught up in violence, where people are held captive or struggle under oppressive powers, where sickness prevails and medical resources are scarce. Grant those affected courage and perseverance through your spirit. May people everywhere find fullness of life you intend for us all. You have begun the work of creating a new community, a community where love is shared and all find a sense of belonging. We pray for groups who are made to feel like they don't belong, for families that are caught up in tensions or strife, and for those who feel isolated or desperate because no one seems to care. Grant them all courage and comfort through your spirit. May people everywhere find the fullness of life you intend for us all. You have begun the work of making a new creation, a creation where all that has been broken is being restored, where all that has been distorted is made right, and what has been polluted or damaged is renewed. We pray for all the earth, the places where its natural balances are threatened and species are put at risk by human exploitation. Send your healing spirit to renew the earth and to make us wiser stewards. May creation everywhere know the fullness of life you have intended for us all. As you work towards making all things new, we pray for renewal of our churches and ministries, for leaders tired out by the responsibilities of coping with pandemic demands, and for church members who have drifted away in the months of distancing. Send your energizing spirit to gather the church in ways both familiar and new. May your servants in every church know the fullness of life that you intend for us all, and be empowered to bear witness to Jesus in refreshing ways. For together we offer the prayer that he taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now, go out into the world in peace. Have courage, hold on to that which is good. Return no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the suffering. Honor all people. Love and serve the Lord, rejoicing in the Holy Spirit. And now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and to be gracious unto you. 
May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.